want to see if you're paying attention. Happy New Year, everybody. Year. Is everyone happy? Come on, give them a hand clap to 2014. How many had a good Christmas? Got everything you wanted? Get everything you needed? Y'all more yes than last week. Good. It's 2014. Seems like the year is going by like that, doesn't it? It just shows you how old you get. Just kidding. But uh, it seems like it's just going by so quick. And I really love um, New Year's because it, it represents new beginnings. And um, we all get excited, don't we, about this new year. And then we make that new year what? And how many of us had great re- um, resolutions last year? How many actually got through them? How many are like me? You have a goal, you set the resolution, you're good for three weeks, <laughs> then you walk in condemnation for the never, next 11 months. <laughs> you know, I'm going to lose weight. Yeah, about three weeks until Miss Donna make that chocolate cake. <laughs> you know, how about that? I'm going to save me some money. I'm going to get organized. Try to get organized, and then the first mail shows up for the new year, and there goes the desk again. And then you, you have great ambition. You have great excitement. And about three weeks later, it's, just, it's not going to work. I'll just try again next. How many? I mean, am I the only one in here? How many of you got a list this long? Here's something. They said the top, the top resolution is this. Um, top two this year is to lose weight. And to spend less and save more. To lose weight and to save less. And say, oh, spend less <laughs> and save more. <laughs> and another one is spend time, more time with the family. And there's one, you have to stay fit. That's what I'm going to work on because I did eat a lot during the holidays. But, you know, every year we kind of do that because we send something new and we want to start new habits and all that. And I tell you, up to a few years, that used to just frustrate me because I'm, I'm perfectionist in a way. I want to get through the things I said I'm going to do. And then God gave me this idea, just, just this whole, these last two weeks we've been off. And, and it was just a scripture that I just wanted to have one thing I wanted to do uh, in 2014, in 2015, in 2016. I just want to grow. I just want to be more, grow more like, be more like Jesus. And I figure if I'm more like Jesus, all those resolutions I've come up with will come in line. Versus me trying to jump apart into something different and, and, and worry myself and don't get done with it. When I can continually just get with the Lord and grow at his pace. And I want to share a scripture with you this morning out of 2 Peter chapter 1. And I call this, they call this scripture, if you look in, the, in, your, in your Bible, it's the growth of faith. And really, it's like being more like Jesus. It's, it's a timeless thing that you can work on this every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it starts in verse 5. If you have your Bibles, um, you can go right there. If it's on the screen for us this year, I'll be using the ESV the whole year, so you don't have to worry about me changing. I love the ESV version, Okay. Let's go with Peter says. This is Peter before he's about to go. He's about to die. He knows it. And he's giving final instructions to the Christians. The Christians had some heresy, some false teachings coming in, and he wanted to remind them on what it is to be uh, uh, no kidding, all-in Christian believer. 
Uh, he says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. And virtue with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, you want to circle that, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he, has, he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent, you want to circle that, to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you for this moment. Thank you for the new year. I pray you anoint your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see here our laundry list, and I love what um, John Maxwell says. He called this is your spiritual motivation. He, has a, he calls it a checklist. And you see are things that God is calling us to do to grow. Now, before I go, before you take like we do, we think we might say, okay, I need to work on self-control. I need to work on all that. I want to show you something. In the very beginning of this, and before then, in verse 4, it says that we have, as believers, have a divine nature. And he has gave us all the things we need for godliness. So the things I'm telling you is, basically, you already, if you're a believer, you already have it. And it says in the Bible, in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, that basically God's working in us, his will through us, and he wants to work with us. On this part of scripture, what he's saying is, we need to work with him as we're maturing. So all these qualities you already have. And then that stack one, two, three, four, and five. Think about the fruit of the Spirit, singular. It means if you have a crop with eight qualities, here you have a crop with seven qualities. So all of them come together at the same time. How many love apples? How many love a juicy apple? How many love when it's really sweet? How many more is crisp? See all the qualities in one apple? That's what I'm talking about in our growth in Christ. Everything I just listed, we already have. And God wants us to activate that and walk with him. Because we need that in such a desperate way. Because everything we try to put together on the outside actually will be taken care of if we just take care of this one thing. So let's spend a moment unpacking this, okay? There's one thing I wrote in here. This is, and again, this is not a three-point sermon because this is what I had put in my heart to do for 2014, 15, 16. So I'm like actually talking to you about it. I'm not going to give you three points and then you go ahead and, and think about them. This is what God's speaking to me. And I believe he's speaking because here it is, guys. If I don't grow, this church won't grow. If you don't grow, your life won't grow. Your marriage won't grow. Your kids won't grow. 
And all the things that we ask, I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better husband. You have to be a better believer. And all those will take place. Make sense? So when you have a new nature, really, I wrote this down. Nature determines your appetite. Old nature, you'll have an old appetite. A new nature, you're going to have a new appetite. These things I'm telling you is about the new appetite in Christ. Now, these virtues that they call them we're going to go through, they're not automatic. If, you know, the sovereignty of God is awesome, but it's hard work going through these things. It's a lot of work, but it's a good work. It's an enjoyable work because you get to look back and say, hey, I made a resolution on this, and I'm not where I was two years ago. I'm not where I was six months ago. And I always say, God, you have a sense of humor because you can take me one place to another, and I didn't know I got there. And you'll be tested to see how much you grow. How many love tests? Ooh. What's wrong with tests? How many feel like you're in a test now? Well, God wants to make sure <laughs> you're working. That's how he does it. Okay, first thing he says in verse 5, make every effort, which means diligence and zeal. Make every effort. Put everything into it. Don't put half, put everything into it. Put everything into him. Okay, now let's look at the seven qualities, and I call them virtues, of a godly life. And this is what God was showing me. Now, these things grow Remember I told you about it like a branch in a tree? They grow out of a relationship with Christ. Everything I want to do, guys, is to glorify God. When people see me, I hope they see Jesus in me. I hope they don't see the hypocrite. I hope they see Jesus in me. Augustine said this. Because the first one you see in that is faith. Augustine said this, faith is the root and the mother of all virtues. So we cannot accomplish any of this without faith. Faith is the root and the mother of all these virtues. So you have to have faith to start off. The, sec- the first one I see in here is virtue. Everyone knows, what is virtue? Moral excellence. Say, Rich, you have to have moral excellence. You got to walk in purity, which is kind of different today. Because how many? I know you've been reading the newspapers, and it really kind of shook me up when they said how many of um, the people in America, who are the people that you trust the most? And you know what? uh, Pastors came out on number six, and I understand why. Because every time you open up the newspaper. Of pastors fell. Inappropriate relationships. But this year, it's been getting so bad, we have a lot of pastors taking their own life. Killing themselves. After they have fell. And when you talk about moral pure excellence, I want to be known for that. I could chase a whole lot of things, but I want to really make sure on my tombs, this, he walked in integrity and impurity. And you know what it means? Moral courage. Because it takes today, how many notice, it takes a lot of courage today to stand up and say, I believe this. Used to be easy, didn't it? Now it's hard to do. And it takes for the young people, 
You know what I'm impressed with young people? Who live their faith Monday through Saturday. I'm really impressed with that. Versus trying to fit in with the crowd when they can change the crowd. When I say I'm a Christian on Sunday, I sing songs, and you'll see me doing that Monday through Saturday. You're talking about courage? That will impress me. But to hang out and be, be part of the crowd? That's, that's, can I say this? Can I say this in church? That's weak. That's just weak. There's no, there's no courage in that. There's no change in that. No one's going to follow you. All adults too. There's no courage in that. God check me on that. If I can't be this on, in the, on Monday in Walmart, how many love Walmart? <laughs> you know? Because there's a, someone sent out an email the other day. From, they said, you'll know if you're from New York. You'll recognize a New Yorker real quick. If you cut them off in traffic, doesn't matter what state you're in, they will just yell at you through the car and they'll give you the finger and tell you that you're number one. And they will tell you how, who has the best pizza. Not Chicago, please. New York. Excuse me? Okay, because it's Sunday. I'm going to be a Christian. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Because you will, you'll realize me, because I know you'll realize me more on Monday than you will on Sunday. Because that's when I'm being tested. Moral excellence and purity. And walking in that. And having the guards to do that. I mean, that's excellent for young and old. Second one is knowledge. Because he said, add to your knowledge. And I was reading, I said, you know, I really know, need to, how many of you know, really need to discern God's will today? Not my feelings. God's will. Because my feelings can, um, is the worst Holy Spirit there is. Me, myself, and I, that's the worst trinity in the world. It is. Versus Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Me, myself, and I is the worst trinity. I think I, think I know what God said. I want to understand God's will. In every endeavor, in every endeavor, if it's from buying a car, is it doing that, he'll tell me exactly why to work out, the reason why he wants me to work out, not to look good, but to have a sound mind because I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. And then when he tells me why, that gives me the, that gives me the motivation to continue the whole year versus I want to look like the guy on the magazine because that only runs out after three weeks. You forgot. That guy had been working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get on that magazine. But when God says to move in that area, to lift this, to move that, to run, to walk, for my glory, for your, as a temple, so people don't see someone who is sloppy, someone out of shape, saying Jesus is good, versus he'll say God's man or God's woman. Because it says in the Bible, we're living epistles, and people are reading us every single day. And here's the thing. Everything that we do as believers, God gets blamed for, good or bad. And I, that really hit me this, week, this last week. I'm like, man, I want to make sure everything I'm doing, I want to know. If he says no, don't do it. If he says wait, leave it alone. He says, yes, then I'll go. 
That's so important today because everything I'm hearing today outside of God has a 90% or 95% truth. It's the 5% that will mess you up. And your feelings will tear you up. Because it feels good. Can I be real with you? Most of the time when God tells us this something, it doesn't feel good. Because I'm growing, and growing hurts sometimes because I like, as I get older, I like what I like. So I have, he keeps me flexible. Takes you out of your comfort zone. How many have comfort zones? How many have a routine? How many been out of your routine the whole holiday? Right? You're, and you're all screaming. Can't wait for the kids to go back to school. I can get back in my what? <laughs> you can't wait, right? Come on. Get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Because we're people of routine, people of habit. That's what God's speaking to me, guys. The other one is self-control. Can I be real with you? I have a problem with patience. Whew. I want it like now. God said it'd be 500 people in this church. Okay, tomorrow. I'm like, now? Why not this? And, you know, I read a scripture that said um, in Hebrews, that word self-control means patience. It means patient endurance. And he says, you're in need of it. I said, I need patient endurance. Yes, you do. I said, wow. So self, I mean, that's, what am I doing? I'm in the wrong place. Self-control. Did I mess the notes up? No, I did. I flipped them. I just told you steadfastness. I did? Thank you. Hey, my wife's been real patient with me. We've been together 26 years. That's right. I gave her a hard time. I'm okay. It's flipping. Okay, there he goes. All right. How come I didn't do self-control? Okay, come back to me. I did, didn't I? Thank you. Wow. I told you it wasn't a three-point sermon. This is just me. You just <laughs> Godliness. Steadfastness. Thank you, honey. Thank you. That's the ability to endure circumstance, uh, difficult circumstances. The ability to endure. Wow, how many, you know, and I know I've read your cards and stuff. Some of y'all been enduring a lot of things. But here's the end of it. God has something great for you at the end of that. And he builds machines. He builds rock. The ones who go through the worst are the strongest people in the, on the planet. I want to tell that to somebody. Those are the ones we try to run away from, but those are the ones we have to stay in um, to get that endurance to have that steadfastness. It's amazing how that happens, how God uses that. And then when he does, he sends someone else. You're about the end of it. He sends someone else your way who's about to go into it. And that's what I love about it. And it's because it's never for us. It's always for somebody else. He prepares you for someone else. 
That's why steadfastness is amazing. The other one is godliness. Godlikeness. I want to have a spirit-filled, led lifestyle that reflects Jesus. I don't want to get caught up in petty things. I don't want to get caught up in who likes, who doesn't like you, who does. I, I, just want to, I just want to reflect Jesus. And that's the hard work. Again, when you're crossed, how are you going to respond? In the midst of turmoil, how are you going to respond? Because everyone remembers how you respond. And that's what godliness is, one of those things. It's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those. But here's, I found a, um, there's a quote I love from um, William Carey about godliness. This will help somebody. Prayer, secret, fervent, believing prayer, lies at the root of all personal godliness. And this is William Carey. Prayer brings godliness. Because you stop, ask God, get with God. He gives you the peace for everything you're going through. And that area I want to increase in. Again, this is all one thing, guys. It seems like it's listed in a bunch. It's all one thing because Jesus has given us all that at one time. Those branches, I just want them to start to flourish. The other one is brotherly affection. Now, this word, when you look at brotherly affection, it's, there's certain words for love. This one's called Philadelphia love. Filio, filio Philadelphia. Really, the brotherly love. How many know the city of Philadelphia? That's why I call it the city of brotherly love. Now, if you've been there, doesn't seem like it's going on much, but it is brotherly love, right? And y'all say, yeah, I've been there, I've been there. Yeah, they're worse in New York. Just kidding. Um, a, a lifestyle that's warm. Now, in our city, that's a challenge. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know why? Because we live in a town with three mainline denominational universities, Air Force Base, people from all different places. And they're growing that because everyone has different belief systems. They're growing that. I had to buy me, I had Ms. Donna buy me a book last year. From, it's from um, um, D.L. Moody, talking about different doctrines and, and theology. Because I don't want to jump on people who might think different. Church of Christ, love the word of God. Still working on the gift sets. Okay? Baptist, Calvinism, huge. Methodist, the method. We deal with all those universities. We're on all those universities and we're talking to people. We have to make sure that we have brotherly love for our brother just because they believe different. I'm not the, we're not the end all of all things. Because one works on this. My charismatic brothers, there's a charismatic theology. I understand what they're talking about. I want to be well informed so I can be more of an ambassador when I go on the campuses or wherever I go and not say, I'm it, you're off. Because that's not how Jesus did it. And brotherly affection what is really we're falling down at, we are accusing each other of so many different things. Brothers and sisters, if you look at Facebook and you look on the news, this, 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 I love all these guys. I write books. I read their books. You know, John MacArthur's against this guy and against that guy. This sort of, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they all have a bit of peace of truth. But we don't need to kill each other when we're trying to win the world. 
And gossip has become popular online. It's tough. When the world's saying, do you guys agree on anything? That's why Jesus said, me. <laughs> if you stick with me, everything else will be okay. And with brotherly affection, I want to I grow in that. Last one is love. This love here is called agape, when you look it up in the Greek. Agape love, which means sacrificial love. <sighs> that is for our brothers and sisters outside the door. The one that Jesus, remember him, died for? The ones we stay away from me. He didn't do that. He went to them. That's why I love our vision, reaching people and building community. I told the men yesterday, here's our statement for the year. I want you to reach one and build one. I want you to reach outside these doors, a guy, his family, build that relationship with them for this year. I'm not asking for two or three, just one. Go beyond your comfort zone. Because the older we get, the less interested we get in it. And then we say, them young people are really on fire. Well, that's what we're supposed to be too. And they look at us like, you guys, you old people are really dead. <laughs> and they're going to be old soon. So they'll be over there. You know what I mean? It's just because it happens. Because we let, unless we see and we're in God's word and with God, we stay young on the inside. And we are so excited for what we have, we want to let them know they have it too. If they know who Jesus Christ is. So you have to continue to go ahead and feed your mind and your heart with him, and he'll show you that they have it worse than we do. Because we, we, we step off of earth if we're a believer, we're stepping right into paradise. If they step off the earth and they don't know Jesus, they're stepping right into damnation. And that has to break our heart the way it broke Jesus' heart for him to die on the cross for us. And that's something you have to remind myself all the time. We do. Because the older we get, the more we say, well, let them young people get them. And there's people my age who don't know him. That job never goes. You know that one of those jobs? That resume as a disciple? That never gets old and never goes away. You either decide to take the job or you decide not to take the job. But the job isn't going to go away because you decide not to. And you can't use this line. I got, I just, that's not my personality. It's not about personality. It's about truth. <laughs> objective truth through a subjective personality. I'm perky. I'm lively. I'm everything. But I have to give objective truth to this perky and crazy personality. And I'm hoping this personality is attractive because of all those things of virtue and knowledge and self-control and steadfastness and godliness and bodily affection. This is me. This is what God said for me to do. And the thing, I told you all that because when you look, we're going to go into more of the scripture, it means it's ever-growing every single year, every single day. It's not take a test and you, and you made it to godliness. I jumped. No, 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 no. This is every day you get up in the morning. How we doing? Now, 
Failure to grow results in becoming a couple things, three things. Ineffective, unfruitful, and nearsighted. Now, ineffective, and if you look up in the Greek, means idle. How many know if your kids are not busy, they're in what? See? (laughs) If God's kids are not busy, we are in what? (laughs) Unfruitful. And we'll call the bare fruit. We'll call the half fruit, bare fruit, I mean bare fruit, more fruit, and much fruit, according to John chapter 15. And apart from Christ, we cannot have fruit. And we come nearsighted. Now, you know, how many grew up with this line, um, eat your carrots, it'll help your vision? Eyesight. How many believe that? How many had to eat your carrots? Three? You didn't have to sit at the table, and you couldn't leave the table unless you ate your carrots? I mean, I didn't care if it was all night. You're going to sit there and eat your carrots. So you had to learn how to swallow them without tasting them. That's what you did with okra. You ever eat okra? Slimy okra? You just, if you didn't, you got beat. Oh, I'm sorry. New world. New order. You got put in time out. <laughs> well, our diet will affect your vision. We talks about nearsighted. Our team back there, Christian and Kaysen and these guys were up here putting in new lights, doing amazing work. And I gave them hard time before these came in because I kept saying, I can't see. I just can't see. It must be the lights. So it's all about it got to be someone else's problem, not mine. Well, I went to go to the doctor after two years. Of we got to go get our eyes checked. So I went to the doctor. I figured out a new Bible. I took my iPad. I got it on a 26 pitch. And I sat in the chair, and he said, what is that, what is that number? I said, what number? <laughs> he said, now, man, you lost me. How about now? Oh, that's a you. No, nah, dude. that's an A he said this how long have you known that you couldn't see far away I said I just found out (laughs) I just found out thanks for letting me and he gave me these oh wow I'm sorry guys I repent And you know, you never know. When you walk from God, don't get in his word, you start becoming nearsighted. Here's the example of being nearsighted. Everything's about what's going on in the moment, and you have no vision for tomorrow. Because you don't see tomorrow. You only see the moment. Car broke down. This is bad. That's bad. This is bad. And you never see it until someone says, hey, man, the Bible says, I work, do all things well. All things work together for God. For those who love are called by his name. You get to see. You don't even know you're nearsighted until you go check it out in the Bible. And you say, boy, I've been. Because here's the problem. 
The disciples were nearsighted in John chapter 4. Jesus went to the well. He had to go speak to the the widow. The guys were thinking about getting some food. He spoke to the widow. They come back with the food. (laughs) Let's go eat. Jesus said, hey, you messed them up on this one. My food is to do the will of my father and finish his work. They're like, well, our will is to eat now. And then he said this. Do it in the middle of all this on verse 35. Guys, lift up your eyes. The harvest is white. Don't wait three or don't say it's not around for three or four months because you're talking about the time of the year. Lift up your eyes and see that the time is right for Jesus to be preached. Look up at your eyes and see that the time is right for evangelism. Look up your eyes and see it's time for our high schools to be changed. Because when you look at the Bible, it helps you lift up your eyes to see. And everything that you're dealing with is, a no, is nothing. Because now you're seeing with the eyes of Christ the needs of everybody. I wrote this down the other day, driving back. I said, you know, time is short. And the, and the needs are big. So I need to focus the rest of my time. How long on this earth? On the needs. Because everything I just shared with you, you already have. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Is it 4? 3. 3, thank you. Everything I just gave you, when you gave your life to Christ, God has already given it to you. His divine power is granted to you all things. Everyone say all things. What does all things mean in Greek? Hebrew. Latin, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Everything we have, God has given it to us. All that list I gave you, it's in you, and God wants you to cultivate that on a daily basis. And you can start 2014, you can start 2013. But don't chase things that will fade. Chase the one who never fades and never goes away. Three things I wrote down that I'm going to do. Because everything he's given us is in seed form. Those things I gave you are in seed form. They need to be opened up and and flourishing. Three things I want to do. I want to seek Christ more. I want to seek his word. I want to seek his people. That one seeking his people, when we went to California, I was able to sit down with a good friend of mine. Our friendship changed. Because before I was, another, I was in another position, now we become friends. And we made a covenant with one another that I have to call you and you have to call me because you have a habit of not doing that. So yeah, I do. And I have another covenant with another guy to call that will check that list. And they can tell if they speak to me on the phone how the list is going. When we talk about being in small groups and in life groups, everything I just told you is not a single event you can do on your own. You need his people 
to encourage you, to build you up, not to spend another day down and, and, and depressed. Those things happen, but you need to come into this presence, like Alan said, into this presence. There's something corporate that takes place. Whenever you miss about three or four weeks or something of this, you're like, I can't wait. That's natural because there's something that you're missing when people, God's people come together. I told the guys, it's not about when you don't come, you're missed. I told the men, you're missed because you have something that we all need. It's not about me. It's about you coming. You have something that we all need. Same thing with the ladies. Everything we do in groups, you guys have something for one another. Amen? This was my resolution. Seemed like it was pretty long, but it's really one thing. I want to grow. If you take all that, it's G-R-O-W. I want to grow. I wrote down three things for this church back in September. I told the staff, I want to grow in excellence. I want to grow leaders that will change this community. And I want to grow 100 people from outside the church to come in here and then grow to two services because they need Jesus. But when I gave this, I didn't know that this list is dependent upon me growing first. If you want to have a great marriage, great kids, it's dependent upon you growing first and everything around you starts to grow. Now, growing is scary because what happens is things change in your life. Two things are constant. One guy told me, the books you read and the personal relationships you'll have because you'll have people that don't want to grow with you. But you can't stick around. You have to grow and go where God tells you to go. That's why this, this whole year, you know, I went, I've been just praying about things. But when I said those things, those three things, four things, more people, excellence, two, leaders, and two services, I had no idea. And anything you do in the kingdom starts with you. It's going to be me growing. I got to grow. So everything else will grow around us. And as I grow, I'm hoping that you'll join with me and grow. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping you don't take a year or take a week off. I hope that you come to Life Goose. I hope you come to church and we all grow together and do something fantastic for God. From 2014 and on. I mean, one thing I, I tell you, I don't have patience for it. When everyone says, you're just a nice small church. I don't believe we're a small church. I believe we're a large church because we got people with large hearts. And there's people out there who just don't know. And me losing more weight's not going to get them in. Those things will do it. But when I said those things to the staff, I had no idea until God showed me. It starts with me. 
about you? It's scary. It's easy. To, when you get older, it's easy to stay the same, to drive the same route home. It's easy. doesn't matter what age it is because you have a routine. But reaching people in Abilene, Texas is going to take us out of our whole routine. And the wine, here's the thing that was just, I knew, I almost cried when I heard it. I told Ms. Don to check Mark chapter 2, verse 22 and 23. The old wineskin wine and new wineskin. That's what, in 2014, when was that, New Year's Eve? I told you that? I said, this is the word. This is what God has shown me. Now, I'm unpacking all that. And I'm like, and then I don't get so, I think this is what the Lord's saying. So it's confirmation. It's crazy. Because God speaks, now, those things I'm unpacking. But that was speaking, a lot of it's speaking to me. I can't think about things I did in 92. It won't work in 2014. This old wineskin has to be broken and refurbished because there's a new type of wine coming into the place. And I got to stay up on top of that. Who's the what? And what's, what's people thinking? I, me and my son had a great joke the other day. The, the line everyone says, uh, the, uh, the struggle is real. Struggle is real. Everyone, young people say, struggle is real. How's it going to be real for you? You don't pay for nothing. Anyway, excuse me. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> and all the parents said, amen. Anyway, yeah. But that's, I'm thumbing through all that. And this wasn't a three-point. It's what God was speaking to me. I hope he's speaking that to you. I want to grow. I want to see reaching, community, uh, reaching people building community. I want to see this place explode. But it won't happen unless I grow. And we all grow. And want to accept new people into our seats. And have a desire for new people to reach one and build one. Why don't we all stand?